straight out of Leighton. You're listening to Nitwick Radio with your hosts. Logan no, I thought Blackburn, I thought last year where Jake we had one video that had like great editing, looked awesome. I showed it to so many people. Uh, oh, the show started. The show oh. has started. <laughs> oh, hi. We didn't have a mute button, so Aaron's going to have to figure <laughs> that out. Hello and welcome later. to Newick Radio. This is uh, season four, episode seven. Crazy. We're we're covering botch. We are the Romans. Got it. And uh, the topic. I chose the topic this week, and the topic is. Does music taste change over your lifetime, or is it pretty firmly decided during your formative years, meaning your teens slash early 20s? I've got some fun examples for this one. There's some statistics on that one, I'm pretty sure. Shut up about statistics. I don't have any statistics. Now, that's a good take. (laughs) Yeah, as someone who has a glorified statistics degree, shut up about statistics. I'm redefining the plural of anecdote. (laughs) It's back to being data. Everything is anecdotal. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. We're making strides. I I have heard that. Uh, don't don't say it. If it's about the topic, don't say no, it. No, no, no. It's about uh, getting rid of statistics. Oh, okay. Uh, like I've heard that Galileo is the his findings and what have you is a big part of why we're still scientific in our societies. I feel like the Catholic Church was maybe onto something. I'm not convinced that math has really helped us at all. Uh, yeah, no. Based. That's what I was going to say. Based. Qualitative, quantitative. We undervalue qualitative so hardcore that it's it's actually it's not peer-reviewed obviously it's wrong yeah yeah but all the qualitative research is behind white people meditation books oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, what i'll say is i think that there's value to both and, and i think if you focus on one of them too heavily uh they just create Jake, inverse problems. I, I love you, but you're a filthy centrist sometimes. <laughs> nah, that, that <laughs> Believe is true. in something. I, I, As someone no, who I has a sociology same. degree, which is just a glorified stats degree, let's be honest. <laughs> like, all I did for three years was do statistics homework. <laughs> like, I hate stats. Yeah. Don't I, ever talk to me about money I, again. The thing, the, Economics the, the, fake, the thing destroy is if, them. You, if you If you say just like, like completely that one side or the other is... is useless or damaging i disagree i don't think it's useless. i think there are parts I, I about intrinsically both intrinsically mm-hmm. but i don't mean to be a centrist about because it. of no i'm just the I'm history just it's, a fair, it's a fair point it's hey, a fair point because of the way societies have developed like western societies i think we are hardwired to undervalue qualitative research and i think that is a serious problem yeah, I I agree with I think, what you're I saying. I think we're hardwired to self-destruct the Metallica album. Yes. That I'm not sure now we're if getting it's good places. or not. It's better than most things they've so released in the last 20 years. I can't years. judge it. You got some explaining to do to us. We had CJ in line last week, and you were in freaking Mexico. He is a kid to, now. I was so excited. How about our voicemail, though? That up, was great. Up until, Did you hear our voicemail? No. What? We sent you a voicemail. Yeah, we, we, we called, called you the show. on the I've been ignoring so many calls from so many people lately. Well, they've mostly uh, been spam, let's be honest. No, the, the reality like is, like, I up until, like, Tuesday, when I remembered that my flight was that morning, I was doing research on Paramore and talking about Paramore and mostly coming up with new and novel ways to trash on Willow Smith. Because I have had not one, not two, but four people 
show me that stupid transparent soul song and put it on in the whip and the first time they're like guess who sang this and i'm like what? they're like do i know them maybe you've definitely heard about them and then i come on and it's just like someone doing the most transparent comma impression of Haley williams that i've ever heard and then they're like that's willow smith you know, from I whip my hair. And I'm like, wow, amazing how someone with infinite money and infinite resources and one of the highest Hollywood pedigrees of all time can make a passable impersonation of a decent pop punk band that they might have listened to when they were seven. <laughs> Stop showing me this like it's amazing or revolutionary. I can't, I can't even read the lyrics and think that there's any hint of authenticity behind them knowing that she has at least the money, resource, funds, and financial incentive to hire six different ghostwriters. I think I've officially hit like prog boomer because I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like I know who Willow Smith is, but I'll pass that. I'm I got done. I'm done like i gave i gave a little bit of credit to jaden smith when he came out with that sire project that was obviously just aping brock hampton you know who is obviously just trying to make palatable zoomer music out of hip-hop logan logan uh he's a little angry at the world this week i am angry and depressed and my stomach hurts a little bit because i've had nothing but boxed craft macaroni and cheese for the past 3 days <laughs> because than i the have Marines. a negative bank account balance and i couldn't go out to eat if i wanted to much less buy groceries so uh, i mean just, you know just so we're all aware of who's in the room tonight yeah. <laughs> we're just no damon rip damon damon's dead again dude rip damon damon's dead. He, captive bolt pistol he was again. out he was out of yeah. town last week he was in philadelphia there yeah. for a day or two i don't yeah, dude. He definitively has been around lately. Definitively. Y'all y'all feel like Damon's like actually living life and we're just like doing a podcast. <laughs> no, I'm old. I'm a prog boomer. <laughs> I actually don't feel that way at all. I, I you know, I don't know how I don't know how to answer that. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god. Just gosh. like he goes places and he meets that kid has changed so much from when he was just a sweet little curly haired babby. Just a sweet little whitest boy alive. Just whitest boy alive. Wanted to talk about his music opinions from Pitchfork, and now he he got a better music taste than me in like three weeks. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true, but he definitely did change gears, and it was a good change in gears. I was done with him defending Bjork until he was purple. Hey, (laughs) I love Bjork. I like Arca. Does that count? I don't really know who that is. Okay. So I'm going to return to this Bjork point. He's actually cool and actually works with Hyperpop. No, I legitimately, I don't think that Bjork's really that bad. Like, I have nothing against I Bjork. I do think Bjork is that bad. I, I, I can't, I listened to that whole Aquarius album, whatever the heck it's called, the wait, H-E double hockey sticks. Wait, not the one he had us listen to. Yeah, right? the one he had us listen to. What was that called again? Like two times I listened to that friggin' Aquarius album. Was that the one we did for the show? I'm terrible with album yeah. names. I yeah. I, what I'll I never say remember is, listening to anything called Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was called Aquarius, bro. Hold on. Is that is that, what was it are, are, are you gaming us? Is there a joke no, above my head? There's no on? joke here. It just it's don't the remember. Bjork album, right? I can't yeah, think of the name of it. It was the one but... where it's freaking the black and white picture of her, right? Oh. No, 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 no. That's um, oh, that's her first one. That's right? her first one. It's her third it's, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh! It's where she's that ugly freaking. Well, mi- she's an ugly freaking on most well, of. <laughs> you I mean, but beautiful in a way. Beautiful in 
her own way. No, no. And in an artistic way. She's like, not necessarily homogenic. ones that like I want to message like homogenic. back on Tinder. She's like dressed homogenic. like the queen of It's called Homogenic is the album. Yeah, we're Aquarius. No, but check out this tweet yeah, that I saw last night. Yeah. This is a good tweet. You wouldn't message Yeah, the back only the thing cover. homogenous about this is the music community's opinion of this frankly unlistenable album. Yeah, I, I love that album, but check out I this tweet that like I found that last night. Either. It says, me prank calling Bjork. Is your refrigerator running? It says, Bjork, yes, and I cannot catch her because her robot leggies are too strong and fast. <laughs> it is beautiful sound. Best tweet that I've seen all week. <laughs> 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 this really just got a bunch of random J's and like umlauts <laughs> in there. It's, it's, it's a safe joke. No, she's from Iceland. It's even safer. What are they going to do? There's like two guns on the whole island. They're going to come get me. I don't care. <laughs> well, that's true of Britain, too. And sometimes they actually do get some shit. Yeah, but they have a military. No, dude. Do they, though? Damon. They have a Royal Air Force. Damon is like basically the staple example of the kid that got his opinions from like, you know, the online prestigious Pitchfork? music crap. And then all of a sudden he showed his true colors. He's like the just stage like Charlie X. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I would, hey, wait, I would further add to that. Do we know? This is my entire point with the from starting from the. Are we just doing a podcast and he's out there living life? My question is, my question. <laughs> did you take that personally? No, no. <laughs> so, I did. Little person. No, no, no. <laughs> my question here just is, like, he's changed so fast over such a short amount of time. Do we know? Do we know who Damon is? Does Damon know? Yeah, that's a good question. That is a good question. Wait, why I is think, that? A I good think question? I think Damon because because Damon. Okay, so I've known Damon a long time, and he changed. Well, aren't you guys related? Yeah, I was say. Oh well, my god, no, I forgot. But, We're still the only two people not related on this. No, but show. to be to be honest though, I didn't really meet Damon until I was probably like twelve. No, literally. And so, um, Damon and Lucas are more. We met them more how you'd meet a friend. Yeah. They are they are technically in our like you can trace it over to him, but like you'd hire his son for a job at your company at least a summer internship. At least a summer. Uh, internship. See, I think he's distant enough that in most cases that's a no. No, what? not the Kofor. You wouldn't the hire his no, 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 no. son hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. for a summer internship. No, I'm saying me, me personally. Bro. That's like that's like white people pariah right there. No, 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 I'm trying to say I'm close enough to him, but I would I would say most families. He is a distant enough relative that no, he doesn't even make that cut. Yeah, most. Well, he's a first cousin. Isn't that what it is? He is. He's a first cousin. He is. So it is it, my dad's cousin's son. son. So I don't know what that makes. It's like second or third, probably. Is that but, a second? But were your dad and this cousin tight? Like me and not my super, cousin? Not super, not super okay. tight. Yeah, not super no. tight. And All right. No offense to Damon. I think he can pass it over. I got to stop saying <laughs> white people so much but, this episode. I just, I've been in Mexico. I've been reconnecting no, no, no. with my Latino heritage. <laughs> as long as you're oh. saying it like WT like they do on the internet, you're good. WT. I always thought it was WYT now. I thought that was the trendy uh, way to spell. Oh, I have no gosh. idea. Yeah, I'm not I, Anyways, I always no. translated in my head as YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> and it really, really quickly doesn't make to be, sense. To be fair, I also hate YouTube people. That's fair. You know what I'm to, saying? To be fair, yeah. To be fair, As what, what do you mean by that exactly? Let okay. Let me put this out there, which is that I've been getting into like bloggers a lot lately. Oh, I have wait. a Substack. You should check it out. I've been getting into I bloggers lately. Oh yeah, bloggers. you have. We yeah. even, we talked a lot better than YouTube. Literally, <laughs> never mind. And I. 
And not to say it's a lot better than YouTube, except that's exactly my point. Uh, you know, like back when people were blogging, it's like really easy to dismiss a blog quickly than it is to dismiss a YouTube video quickly. And so there's incentive for people to, I think, write things that are actually well explored and well thought out. And people who blog prolifically tend to be fairly good communicators and not just snappy video edit. Not hating on video editors. I'm just saying that a lot of YouTube, I feel, is very style over substance, medium over message. Yeah. And so when I read a lot of old school blogs, especially from people that don't necessarily want to get noticed or get big, but are just documenting their process, I feel like there's a lot of really good information there because you're not really optimizing that much on a blog except for delivery of information. At the end of the day, you do want to get linked to by other blogs and talked about by other bloggers or on Substack, you know, appear in people's comments. But it's not like this insane algorithm that you're trying to constantly serve in the same way that YouTube and what I imagine TikTok is like, right? TikTok where, is hell. Where you're just like trying insane. to game it so hard for fame all the time, right? I think there was something magical about blogging because it was very comfortable to be obscure and if you were popular, you were still held to a very Dude, high let's, standard. Let's go further back. Let's just talk about cold, hard, printed books. I also have been buying a lot of books. Yeah. That's true. Like, I I thought the other day, because, like, in, when I was 19, no, not 19, probably, like, 22, I was like, wow, I'm missing the ability to control my thoughts. And I think a lot of people, especially in their like if you're in your 20s and you think of yourself as like a nerd slash smart person and you really value your intelligence, you, I think, overvalue the mental chatter that you hear in your head all the time, right? Like you're just constantly running, analyzing, performing judgments on everything. And you're like, yeah, I'm always learning. I'm always like studying and figuring things out. And you get really addicted to hearing that mental chatter all the time to the point where you can sit like lay on your bed for a whole day, like just with your thoughts, like floating in and out of sleep. And it doesn't feel like you've wasted time. And I think that's actually a really dangerous way to live life. I would agree. Is to get addicted to your own mental chatter. So around 22, I was like, okay, I, I got to think less. I got to think more about things that actually matter and are directly correlated to my life rather than just like this constant like 60% hum in my brain that's always going. Like even while I'm driving, like not thinking about the road, you just like blink and like, what bam, I just analyze like the political situation of Alabama and now I'm at work and I can't think about that anymore. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> oh, and and no. so what I did then was I downloaded a meditation app because I watched a TED Talk by someone. And at the end of that TED Talk, he was like, we've shown with studies and stats that this this will make you a better person. And then if you want to see uh, the results of our research, we're working on an application. And he like shows the app like straight up in his like PowerPoint slides about like presenting data. And I guess at the time, despite the fact that I thought of myself as extremely intelligent, I never pointed out like the obvious conflict of interest of going to Ted to promote an application software as a service that you're selling. So of course I like an idiot went and downloaded this app where I could pay someone 
to tell me about spirituality basically by creating a podcast that you have to pay to listen to 10 minutes at a time where they force you to sit in a chair and every and every two minutes the audio cuts back in he's like now hold your breath in and let it go oh yeah like i forgot how to breathe Thank you. Thank you, Andy from Headspace, for telling me how to meditate. At which point, and that's, and that's how I've changed when I'm 25, because I realized I don't need people to guide me through step by step. I don't need video content to tell me how to live. And I definitely don't need statistics. So I'm going to do the smart thing that adults do, which is spend $25 on a book written by a meditation guru who lives penniless in New York and read the introduction, and then never touch it again. That's what <laughs> adults do. That's how we learn. That's how we learn. You know, there know. Were, I didn't, there I were, didn't go the meditation There route. were uh, some points in there, actually. There were there were a couple. There were some points in there. There were some points. <laughs> I, 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 took, I took things away from that. I actually did. Oh, man. That's the summary. There were some points in there. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were some high points. There were some low points. Uh, no, 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 I'm overcompensating a little. No, I missed no, no. being on here. Hey, hey, no, no, no. I, we missed you being on here. I last do get week. what you're saying, though, and I, I broadly and strongly agree with uh, being in your own head is be- is not a good place to be. I also have struggled with being in my own head a lot, and um, I don't know. It's really hard because if too many of us buy into the idea that being in our own heads is a good thing then we lose the ability to break out of our own heads by just being with each other. So I don't know, go and do something with somebody. Well, I think it's all about, I mean, Cody probably knows who it is. Like I've been reading a lot of people inspired by Lacan lately because Lacan was basically like a Freud apologist. So Freud comes in and he's like, everything is about your childhood trauma and about your primal drives i will say and <laughs> let's do a ton of coke and analyze your dreams in, in defense of freud though he did make a really good book in society and its discontents everything else is no no jumbo but like marxist freudian thought is decent well anyway. but so like what happened was there was this brief period of time where everybody was like oh that's kind of an interesting frame by which to judge the reason that we do all of the things that we do there idiosyncratic and not necessarily explainable by logic and but then i I guess we all just found out that he did a ton of drugs and that he liked analyzing dreams and that he was a little kooky himself. just a lot of his takes are just crap well and and to be fair what, what i learned about him in school like i was just like literally a lot of this is crap like there's I, a few I, I points. sincerely would but suggest to... reading society and its discontents everything else first off into first the bin. off yes yeah, society and its discontents i take that from you decent book i think he got it wrong with like the superego concept in one of his later books though but that's lacan talks about that you have to admire a man who's like okay is it worth learning about ourselves and what he does is he takes a shotgun goes up to our entire notion of psychology which is just a brick wall at the time he's alive right and just starts shooting yeah of course most of it ricocheted blew up back in his face and all of ours but he started (laughs) to break down the wall a little bit with the wrong tools so lacan comes along and is like okay now that everybody's disregarded for freud finally we can talk about him Right. Finally, we can actually have a discussion. That's the reason. That's the reason I haven't watched Stranger Things yet. When everybody is sick of Stranger Things, I can finally talk about Stranger Things, and I can have a conversation with other people about Stranger Things. 
And it's the same way with Lacan. But the, the core idea that Lacan points out is like, you notice how Freud was like really into digging into your dreams and like figuring out what happened in your childhood that made you this way so that way you can learn more about yourself, right? His end goal is that it was pointless to ever try in the first place and we should thank Freud for digging into the Know Yourself movement just so he could say, yeah, there's nothing here. Stop the search. Touch grass. That's what it was all about from the beginning. It was about Freud analyzing people's dreams so he could tell them to stop overanalyzing them because there's nothing there that isn't obvious. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I would, de- I would definitely have to dig into a little bit more of that, but but hello, welcome to the philosophy podcast. Basically, <laughs> nitwip. There's yeah. definitely uh, there were some points on there I would talk about. There was, there were some points in there. Oh my god! There, hey, there were some points in there. <laughs> there were some points. Yeah. The most no. non-answer thing to say to that. You know what? There were some points in Dude, there. There were some points. <laughs> Absolutely. We can talk about. Dude, you just said some words. He did. You just. You can, just said we can talk. We can talk about we are the Romans now. Okay. All right. All right. But, but I do want to say. I do. I do want to say. You know. That is. That is an important thing, though. Like for real. Just. Uh, I don't know. Don't. Don't. Don't conclude that like just sitting there wallowing in your mind is a good place to be. And this is this is advice for myself. That's what that Here's is. Here's some further advice. Self improvement is a lie. Well, I don't know. That's a bad take. I don't know. No, it's a good take, and I'll tell you why after these messages. (laughs) (laughs) Next week on Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Album of the week, Cody. Album of the week. It's We Are the Romans by Botch, their second and final full length from 1999. How did this band make it only two albums when every other mathcore band has, like, more than I have fingers. That's a good question. <laughs> I really don't know. It's like it's wild to think about like this era of like metal slash mathcore because like in mm-hmm. seven hundred days we got this and Jane Doe, like yeah. arguably the two most influential metalcore albums of all time. And to be fair, seven hundred days would feel really long if I was living it. I'd well, be you like oh thank God another decent mathcore. <laughs> I mean, Converge was putting out other things at that time too. I'm just saying like I, I think Jane Doe was that bookend on the back. We yeah. Are the Romans was the bookend on the front. And yeah, no, I love this album. It's just, it's one I've been listening to for like 15 years. Obviously, it wasn't my original pick for this week. Um, but Botch was like, hey, we're back, by the way. And oh, I'm going to see them in that, February. That, that track they put out, is it good? I honestly have only listened to it a couple times. I liked it for what it was, but I was like, I just kind of want to listen to We Are the Romans again. Yeah. But what yeah, was no, the original pick? Uh, it was Blind Guardians, Nightfall, and Middle Earth. Oh, yeah. Thank you for not making me listen to a concept album about you're gonna Tolkien, have to, you which are, is a concept gonna, book next about season. The you're going to have to listen to it. Dude, the whole thing is the Old Testament. The, the whole, whole thing. thing. Just look at it. <laughs> Do your own research. <laughs> so anyway. Points. points There's some yeah, points in there, yeah. Botch, We Are the Romans. One of my top three metalcore albums of all time. Okay, um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm about everybody's. To, I'm about to say yeah. something. I'm about to say something, and we can't go deep, deep, deep into it. I want like six sentences. Can we not? Okay. What is the difference between metalcore and mathcore? I don't really understand <laughs> oh, mathcore as a concept, but metalcore is typically just hardcore with metal influences, so it's heavier, less fast. Okay, okay. so so metalcore. It's a, everything is a spectrum. Nothing is not a spectrum. There no longer exists any binaries in the world ever. Uh, nature said so. So on this end, you have Dance Gavin Dance. Okay. <laughs> I'm following. And on this end, on this end, 
you have uh, Dillinger escape plans calculating infinity. And and if it's more on this side, then this side it's being math the, core. This side being Dillinger. Dillinger. And if it's more on the other side, then it's metal core. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, how do we, that, that's how do we feel about that? I don't know. I, I never really gave math core any like special credence. I'm like, by like, the way, by the way, pro tip, putting math in your genre name does not make you, there's no clout. If they, no, if at no any clout. point, I love math rock, if but at I any hate point, the name. a long haired suburban kid says, <laughs> almost said white, broccoli, it's, it's on this side. It's not math. <laughs> unless, oh. I don't know. Unless that, unless that cute red-haired twink from the Callous Dowboys says it, he could probably pull it off. No, I'll let him know. I, <laughs> don't tell him I said that. I'll let him know. He's, no. he's kind of cute. Yeah, that, that's, about, that's about all I was looking for as far as that goes. I, but, I've, it, I think, honestly, it's not, I've never really given any credence because... I had never heard it until I'd been listening to metalcore for a long time, mm. but I, I think metalcore is usually the more generally accepted ones. So, is it generally appropriate to say metalcore is heavier hardcore? Yeah, kind of. I think metalcore, like generally, if you like look back to like the roots of metalcore, it's bands like Integrity. Literally, they're just like, yeah, man, we like Cannibal Corpse, but we're playing hardcore. Mm. Like that's pretty much it. Mm. It was very much what it. The sum of its parts, metal, hardcore, metalcore. That's all it was at gotcha. first. And I it stayed that way pretty well for like 10 years. Like in the 90s, there's a few different album or not uh, record companies that are putting it out. Victory Records is probably like chief among them. Um, and then there's like Hydrahead, which this came out on. And then there's like Ferret Records and Trust Kill. It's all kind of regional, but I, I would say they're all releasing metalcore albums. I kind of struggle mm-hmm. though, because I, I feel like... Um like Poison the Wells Opsive December, which is probably my top two or three metalcore uh, albums. I feel like that one's closer to just hardcore, but a little bit more song structure. Yeah, that's what I'm right. saying. Like metalcore is such a, like a vague thing. Like at yeah. the very beginning, it's like, oh, this band's just playing metal influenced hardcore metalcore. And then like by the time we hit like 2005, there's like 500 different variations of metalcore. I don't even. It's just an umbrella term at this point. I don't even know how I feel about like what metal influence even means, though, because my parents listen to this band called Volbeat, and they have tattoos of their lyrics, so I I can't hate on them too much as much as I want to. (laughs) But they're really like just Elvis Metallica pop songs with heavy guitars. The guy isn't even screaming; like nothing's going. It's it. You could replace it with just a guitar with a different tone. And it would sound like indie rock. And I don't know because on every streaming platform and even on their own site, they're like, oh yeah, we're metal. I don't I don't know what metal means anymore. I, I I'm unfortunately putting it in the same category as alternative these days. Dude, don't to you know that completely the Beatles honest. invented metal, don't you know that? Didn't you that's, know that, dude? That's way back in like two thousand and eight. <laughs> I didn't you when know Volbeat John was, Lennon also invented that walk. Which he should he got be shot for. Yeah, no, well, he got shot for it. Um, <laughs> way back in like 2008, when Volbeat was still a very regional band to like the Scandinavian countries, I think they're from Denmark. Yeah, I uploaded one of their music videos to my channel and got struck by their very Danish record label. <laughs> it's still on that channel, but you can't Dude, see it. That name sucks. 
but that's it's that, a Pokemon. Oh. It's a fat beetle Pokemon. Oh Have you gosh. seen the Pokemon Volby? I would not spelled the exact same. <laughs> I as would this band? not touch that band. It with is it. embarrassing. No, this band is literally like if Metallica had Elvis for a vocalist. Like that is the best ah, way to put that it. That is but actually they what have, they sound. They have clout. Lie, they have tons of clout for some reason. Like they've had like members of like Merciful Fate and King Diamond and Napalm Death <laughs> records, but they're also like super radio friendly and tour with Ghost. And they sell out like crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't they lie, stadium dude. Tours. When it comes to metal these days, I really struggle. If it if the music is heavy, I really struggle with clean vocals at this point. I like yeah. very rarely do yeah. I want clean vocals over heavy music. Almost never. Almost well, guess never. what? You got virtually none on this record. It's yeah. so. Yep. It's good. I mean, like, I guess the only real problem that I have with this album is actually that I probably haven't listened to it enough. Uh, but I think about yeah. Generally, I like stuff when it's mathy. I like it to be a little mathier when it's. Heavy and epic. I like it to be a little bit more heavy and a little bit more epic. And so it does kind of occupy a similar weird place that a lot of albums that we've reviewed on the show go, where it inspired a ton of things I like, but it's not necessarily the thing I like the best out of all of them. And uh, I love the album titles. I think all mathcore should have titles. Yeah, like, yeah the, the, the naming titles, is fantastic. The titles were and I and like generally, I like the concept too. I but. Again, I listen to way more Converge. I listen to way more Defeater, which is not really metalcore per se, um, but they're in the arena and they got great emotional riffs. Um, but yeah, that's I, 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 I listen to this, I live- and then the only weirdest part to me is how seriously they take this album sometimes. The most funny part about it, though, is like on that song, it for whatever reason, Spotify cuts it off, but see Thomas Howell is the soul man. Yeah. Is like a diss on hyper political, like hardcore metalcore. Is bands that actually 90s. what it it's is? It's about this band race trader. It's about oh, like yeah? a bunch of like barring the vocalist of race trader, Monty, he's cool, <laughs> but, yeah. and he's from Iran, I think, but everybody else in the band was white. Like it's Andy Hurley from fallout boy before fallout. Boy. <laughs> and oh, wow. so like the song, see Thomas Howell is the soul man is based off of, the movie, the soul man see Thomas Howell gets like a really big tan and gets into like a black university. Yeah. It's a whole thing, but he's like the whole, that song specifically is like, you guys are all posturing. This is fake. Who cares? Like give it up. And I, I think that also kind of netted them some enemies. But, oh my God. That's on me then. Cause I read that song super seriously. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's a diss track. Okay. It's all 100% right. Never a diss mind. Track. This is another episode of don't listen to Logan because I didn't do enough homework on this. I, I, <laughs> I live <clears throat> most of the time when I listen to music, I am very much not in this place. But I, uh, I'll say this much: while listening it, listening to it today at work, it, it managed to induce a certain amount of anxiety. So I think it's, I think it's succeeding in yeah. what it's out to do. Uh, yeah, How did you feel uh, having sudden anxiety at work brought on by music? I, I was. <laughs> I was fighting for my life, man. I was in Excel just fighting for my life. I was in Excel. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty average experience. Well, I mean, I can see another contributor to the anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I think it was less music, more uh, Microsoft Office <laughs> programs. But no, definitely it packs a, a, I mean, you can't, I think you're doing your job well if you're um, awakening an, any emotion, but better if the emotion you're aiming to awaken in your listener 
Um, I think that they're doing it. Like, I think you turn it on and if you let yourself get into it, like it'll definitely I think, I think be effective. Well, there's something unspoken in like math core, metal core that I think allows it to be less accessible than hardcore and regular metal core. But I think accomplishes the goals of both those genres a lot better, which is when it comes to hardcore. Yeah, sometimes you want to get in the pit and you want to jump around. You want to rage in a predictable way. And sometimes when you listen to metal, you do want to hear things that are like operatic and interesting and go into weird places. But mathcore to me is like just has enough. It doesn't just have a toe dipped in the weird side. It has like it's up to one knee basically, on, like, the weird side of music. And this album has, like, Gregorian chant on it. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, it throws you for a loop. Well, but yeah. there, it points. feels like there's way less fear about doing things like odd time signatures and, uh, like, Gregorian chant sections. Minute and a half of and silence. Dallas Dowboys has, like, a ton of synth work on their new album, too. And I, I feel this sense of freedom, of chaos, that comes from Mathcore more than its parent genres, because... It doesn't feel like it's in service to anything other than the emotions and the effect it's trying to create. Like, you ever listen to, like, math rock or something? Like, more standard math rock. Yeah, and you're like, oh, wow, you guys are so cool because you can do 7-8 time signatures, right? But then a math core band does, like, 7-8 by 13-8 by whatever, and it's all just screaming guitars and alternating riffs the whole time. Weird and you can't even harmonics. tell what the drums are doing, but everything's hitting in sync. And, and you don't think... I mean, your second thought is, wow, these are talented musicians. But your first thought is, what am I listening to? Oh, God, everything's falling apart. And I think that's something that, like, this umbrella, I guess, that kind of over bands like Converge and Botch. Yeah. Like, no hardcore bands are getting invited to the Berkeley College of Music to, like, talk about their albums. But yeah. Converge has. Like, and I, I think, like you kind of pointed out, all these weird time signatures and, like, hyper-talent I also think that's something that doesn't exist in a lot of like, you know, core bands, right. whatever variety they may be. Like I, this album and Jane Doe, I think are like the two pinnacles of what's going on in the genre. Yeah, no, there's, well, and, and there's, knowing that's on purpose too. There's so much. Yeah. They're not just stumbling into it. Definitely. Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Just, uh, a ton of passion for everything going on and it's music and it's culture and it's, I, I, I did enjoy the album from that front, but I have to admit it literally did stress me out a little bit. Well, but I it's can chaotic. we agree that there's something kind of cool about like, you can be insanely musically talented and also have deep existential rage at the system and your place yeah yeah because it. all too often it's very true that the guy that's got the guitar up in front of the the audience usually and i think this is metallica's fault largely but they they usually their message is paper thin usually you're just like all right dude you got a guitar i know i'm so uh, fantano pointed this out and i realized i brought up a dirty word here right but he's like how come so many of these like pop metal songs center around the theme of you don't know me like, what about that <laughs> message makes it into, like, 80% of, yeah. you couldn't understand, you don't even know what I'm capable of. I know, it's just, it literally just <laughs> oh sounds gosh, like, it's going back to the, the Freud conversation, it really does just sound like, a, a lot of metal does just sound like somebody who had something, like, not even, like, actually traumatic, just like, my brother was mean to me once, 
and they they start a band and they're just like my brother was so mean to me and, and you're just like holy moly well i mean knowing mathcore bands they usually hide it behind like six layers of metaphor and people on genius don't even bother trying to explain it most of the well, time it's like what i think like i've talked about jane doe a lot but all we love we leave behind by converge which is my favorite converge album the title Have track's about his dog. Us, though? Yes, it's great. Okay. I believe I think, me, I've heard every Converge album. I think that <laughs> one's actually, because I used to like All We Love, We Leave Behind more, but now I like The Dusk in Us. Uh, it's it's so Trespasses. Good. Nothing can ever get over Trespasses for me. That is the best song they ever wrote. Yeah. But the title track for that album is about his dog. And like, if you just read the lyrics, you'd probably have no idea that that's what he was talking about. And I think that you know speaks to your point as well, that... You know, maybe not six layers of metaphor, but at least there's enough talent behind what they're writing that for a band like Converge, less botch, you can kind of understand what he's saying. But Jacob Bannon from Converge is good luck. Like, it's <laughs> audible, but well, in... that, that and the musical complexity, it's what you said. That's why they get invited places. And thank God, like, we can have a way to take these people, to take this type of music uh seriously from a critical perspective from a talent perspective right because there are so many people who love writing off music because it's not technically proficient have you met one of those people who's like i don't want to go see a show and see a guy with a laptop oh oh yeah yeah what about the fireworks he paid millions of dollars for and the visuals and the mixes and all the dancers and perform that doesn't there's no talent going on there that's what you want to tell me but no 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 people people are such hard lines about not listening to music that's technically proficient and the beautiful thing about this is not that you show them math core and they're like oh wow this is screaming angry music that's technically proficient i really like this it's so you can get to force them to admit that they actually just like it because it soothes their ego not because it's technically proficient you're right angus young is the greatest guitarist (laughs) oh gosh it's that little two-step thing he does i you're right did he's dead he's right I, I don't know, man. I. It's but such, you know what I'm talking about. No, right? I, I do know. You what would you're never hear anyone about. who's like, yeah. I don't want to listen to hardcore music because Dream Theater is real musicians. And yeah. then you'd show them botch. They would still hate it. Yeah. You'd just catch him in a corner. Then. Yeah, right. And no, at least I, it'd be funny. I, agree. I do. I, at least it would be funny. <laughs> I do agree with funny. you on that. I What I will say is this album, uh, granted, I only listened to it once. I tried to listen to the album twice, but. Um, it didn't feel. I'm not saying it wasn't ta- that like they aren't talented, but to me the emotion spoke way stronger than the technicality did for me. Like I was not sitting there thinking, "Ooh, ooh, time signatures, ooh, ooh." Like, <laughs> I, just, that wasn't those, even, those, I wasn't even thinking about some that. of those drum beats. Just had me tripping. Though. Well, but that, like, that's Whoa. my whole point. Is like that's your second thought. Yeah, your yeah. first thought is, "Wow, the song is like really hidden." Yeah, you know? yep. And I think that's how it should be. I. I hate it when technicality is put above the song that I hate that. And that is why a lot, like when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of prog mm-hmm. and at this point, that's why I can't stand prog is because it's technicality over music, you know, in the, and in the comments of a, of a trombone champ playthrough of <laughs> Through the fire and the flames, it, I, someone I wrote, exactly what I just realized that the lyrics to this song could have been in a Disney movie. They only just happen to be over a scorching metal instrumental. And that's that's where I feel what you're talking about. Yeah. 
No, but like legit, I really, really liked this album a lot. I thought this was fantastic. I, I would seriously recommend that if you liked this album, listen to Jane Doe by Converge. For sure. I definitely I'll, I'll will. That listen I remember, while. Cody, like a year and a half ago, I asked you for a hardcore playlist. I have not forgotten. I actually thought about that the other day, and I was like, I never finished that. I would definitely. And now I have a job that gives me a lot more leeway during the day. You know, 1.5 million spaces on an empty notepad. <laughs> I um, love that story. I, I will. I'll put something. Yeah, together. I would. I would totally listen. I would love to listen. I really like this stuff. I just, I don't really know a good entry point. I mean, I listen to a lot of heavy music, but not really delved into this side of it specifically, like hardcore metalcore. I mean, core, and like core. at this point too, it's funny. We also did Slipknot on this season. I think it's kind of a splitting point. Because metalcore goes one way, new metal goes the other way, and even though they kind of come from the same arena, so to speak, like I think it's definitely like the late '90s. Because when did that Slipknot album come out? Yeah, Was that '99 as well? Yeah, yeah. It's like here's the split. It's happening in real time. Mm-hmm. Whereas before that, like bands like Corn were playing with hardcore bands, mm-hmm. and then they start to go their separate ways. Yeah, and so I, I think. Where you like that stuff, I, I it's reasonable to assume you would probably like this stuff no, too, at I, least at some. I'm level. sure I would. Those and dang, new metal people stopped screaming. That's that's where it all changed, dude. They stopped screaming, dude. I oh. don't stop screaming. That's, oh. no, stop screaming. No, no, there's some flaws. I'm just an official. Having, I'm, I'm having PTSD of thousand foot crutch right now. Oh. <laughs> oh, dude, I literally, it was so funny when I was watching this uh, guy that I watch on YouTube <laughs> made a Call of Duty montage for like the Modern Warfare Two beta, yeah. and the song he put over it was a thousand foot crutch song, and I thought <laughs> of Jake immediately. And it's funny because oh. the guy's about your age it's too. It's a scourge. So it's, it's a scourge. <laughs> No, but I like. Um, I'm I, worried that you're turned off forever to like Christian metalcore now. I am because it actually there's a lot of good stuff out there. All right, Zow. I, I mean, to say I, I will, thrice. No, no, no. Thrice rules. Do you too, remember that but, one time when you chose thrice and then changed it the week of? <laughs> that was me. That was. Crazy. Oh, that was you. <laughs> oh, I put on neurosis. Oh um, yeah, that's right, dude. No, I, I uh, Christian metalcore is thrice Christian. Have I just never put that together? I don't. I don't, I they are I don't know. I they are that. now. When he wrote a song, about, Christian from Salt Lake City. When he, just when like he, modern baseball. When he wrote a song about cheating, Deadbolt, which still rages harder than about like ninety nine percent of their discography, and he he comes out and he's like, "Yeah, I don't really like doing that song anymore." And I'm like, "Oh, you know, he's probably tired of playing it because it's requested so much." He's like. Just doesn't really reflect the values I have anymore. <laughs> that's a, that's how I felt when I sent you that like cab that a uh, screenshot of the Paramore review. Oh yeah, where the guy oh, yeah. docked off one star because she sang the truth never set me free, and then he funny. said I had to deduce at a point because as a Christian. The truth did set me free. That now, was I had so a follow-up where someone was like, yeah, as an atheist, you know, I've kind of learned that nothing really matters and all that. And I'm like, ah, yes, the two, the two men on the internet, the only two people. <laughs> oh, no, there's man. some bangers, Everybody though. Everybody having an yeah, opinion on a woman's music that nobody asked for. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Jake, oh, I'm going to give you one more reg. Yeah, Hint. dude. Zao, Z A O. I think it's pronounced Zao. I've never been sure. Where blood and fire bring rest. The guy sounds like he is a dragon spitting fire over that album the entire time. Shit, and every funny. song is about Jesus. All right, it's that's rad. Tight. I yeah. I no. Let me be clear. I mean, well, let I, me be it's clear. not like if they're Christian, I will not listen. It's mm-hmm. just 
I have such bad core memories. It, with it's Christian just like Shobaraka taught us: you can be a Christian and make music. But Dude. if if you if you are a Christian and you make music, you you will either be making Christian music, yeah, yeah, or the Christians will be on your front door about why you're not or making you're, or Christian you're music. Stevens. No, because like yeah, like Show Baraka is a good example. I do really like the narrative. I still like it to this day. I think, that I think that's a great album on the show. Yeah, I think it was. I, say, I have no idea. I really like about, that album, so. but mm-hmm. it is unabashedly a Christian album. But and like, but like he's he packages it not really as one and and does go far enough away from what you would think the Christian music. Well, thing it's would not do. it's not just Christianity though. It's like it's like his worldview. That's he, what he it manages is. to and make. That, I mean, that's why it's called the he narrative. He manages but to like, make a lot of his Christian fans upset, and he's Christian enough that a lot of other people write him off as Christian. You know, how, how wild I, were the mid two thousands that Christian bands were as big as they were under oath? Anybody? Yeah, I mean there is some. You know who, you know who has aged like fine milk <laughs> as they lay dying. Oh. oh, holy cow! Oh. Their vocalist loves to come on the internet and just say the stupidest things. He said and get flamed for it. He and said come back something later. about twerking. Oh god! That basically I don't even want you. To somehow that he sentence. said one oh. thing about twerking and it was over for him. <laughs> I'm pretty and sure was, it was it about Megan the Stallion, and, and I was like, "We should, we should have gotten rid of you for a lot of other reasons a lot earlier." <laughs> and oh. if this has to be it, that's fine, <laughs> dude. Um, okay, so I got a little derailed there, but I just wanted to finish a few thoughts I had about this album. Like, I really, really, en- really enjoyed it. Uh, I did like. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what order I want to say this in. Um. It was. It's very dense. It's oh, yeah. an extremely dense album, and I'm not saying that as as a necessarily a bad thing, but more as a from my kind of experience with music, I struggle with ultra dense music usually. Uh, just I think because of the way I've listened to music growing up, and you know, but um, this is this is going to sound just kind of hilarious in context of this because obviously I'm, I'm going back to Slipknot again and a lot of hardcore metal fans hate Slipknot but Iowa is an album that has started to teach me about dense albums just a lot of stuff happening on yeah, yeah. And, and like Iowa is an incredibly dense album and I've been listening to that like the last six months or so and it's really been growing on me and so I feel like my ability to enjoy dense albums has grown because I bet you if I would have listened to this album like freaking a year ago, I pro- really would have struggled. I would have been like, oh, man. But I definitely am starting to appreciate it more and enjoy it a lot more. And so as I was listening, I was like, yeah, this is very dense, but I'm actually loving it. Nice. And so anyways, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's competitive listening. I'm not listening for fun. Mm, no, right. but like, honestly, I, I was just, I was thinking that. I was like, this is ultra dense. Like there is not a single track really that I'm going to like, go and click on specifically. It's just like an experience, you know? Yeah, I think the only one, the only two that I ever really take out of the album and listen to on their own is C. Thomas Howells' The Soul Man and then Man the Ramparts. Just because that Gregorian chant section really? is thought, the I thought the uh, I want to be a sex symbol on my own term. That's a good one, too. <laughs> I, it's either I that actually or, listen to that one on its own a few um, times. See, transition from persona rips. to object. I guess if I listen to it more, I could maybe pick, start to pick some out. But I definitely just viewed this as a unit. What, I was like, this is yeah. a unit. What and it's a good unit. Dude, what, I will tell saying, you, I, I, like, I went through this and I heard the riffs. 
I can't even like get into the lyrics. I can't really tell what they're saying or why they're saying it, except for the one album that the one song that I read into a lot. And I want to like I want to know what is going on and what they are trying to say. But those riffs just hypnotize me. That's, <laughs> that's such a, a strong that's way to start with out dense an album. albums is you can get attached to one thing and like yeah. you don't really see yeah. it. I mean, yeah. right off the bat, just that. Yeah, dude, it comes out swinging. It's just one guy. I love that. That is one guy. There's only one guitarist in the band. So cool. That, that, what you're describing though is also how I felt about um, listening to the the sound of what was it, punk? To oh come? yeah, the shape, shape of, of punk, punk to come. To come. That album, I, I, I think, also felt to be a unit. That's like the third time I've heard that album come up while talking about this album. I feel like it's a time frame thing because, like, Shape of Punk to Come was '98. This was '99, and they're both lauded as like, "Oh, these are the pinnacle of albums in these genres." Well, they are they pretty. Be. Both of them are solid. Like, they're both experiences for sure. I uh, the album I want, really want to return to. Not thinking about it, is that one freaking. Midwest. Oh, Modern Life is War. Yeah, Witness. Dude, yeah. I, that was great. That was also. Yeah, those were some. Cody, uh, Cody's dropped some tracks. Yeah, and that was around the same time that we listened to Pine Grove for the first time too. Dude, yes. Man, I, I've been debating putting Eleven Eleven on the show or Amperland. Anyway, we'll. I, I really better get to the next. <laughs> okay. That would be so weird because I've listened to <laughs> those albums any, most, so many times. I know. Jake, I have, any closing thoughts? No, no, that's pretty much all I was going to say. Oh. I got the AC. It's just still too A little AC cast moment. Yeah, welcome. How would I AC? Even, I don't even know how I would talk about Amperland or 1111. I'd be know, like, dude. they're I incredibly know. important to me. They're good out. That's why I've never brought Coheed on this show. I know. I have no idea how to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, part that. of that is it for me, too. Because, like, Pine Grove is top five listened to according to my last FM stats, like, of all yeah. time. And, uh,. Yeah, I, I don't really know how I would approach yeah. it either, to be honest. Dude, was yeah. I Were there a couple times where we were all singing along with Evan Stevens Hall at the concert where I just felt the lyrics in new ways that I never anticipated and will never be able to communicate? That, that literally yes. was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. It literally was. So really when really when we were all like, today the sky is orange and oh. you and I know why, I so felt good. I felt something. So good. I felt That's something in here. going to be me in February. Yeah, I can't believe I got a botch ticket. They literally sold out in 13 seconds, and I got one. You are a god at this. And selfishly speaking, it would serve me very well if you got back into like uh, coordinating tours and venues for bands, <laughs> because then I could have an in on an industry that I have observed as a sad, melancholic outsider for a long time. I still know all those people. I just don't like losing money to hardcore kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, just getting a sell to, or a show to sell out is so difficult. Yeah. And the ones that don't sell out, which is most hardcore shows, like it's you're gonna lose money. I never, I made money on one show, mm-hmm. and even then it was like thirty bucks. I just gave it to the band. I was like, I don't even care, just take it. <laughs> but like, it sucked because a lot of the bands I were or I was booking had actual like um, agencies, I guess you could call them. Yeah. And, like, I booked for... it's They're called State of Mind. I think they're called something else now. But it was all, like, the... Not the biggest hardcore bands, but, like, right below it. Because the bigger ones, typically, they had actual, like, agencies and stuff. Yeah. And they always had pretty 
beefy guarantees. And I was like, I'm going to try my best, but I don't even know if there's enough people because it's a hardcore show. You don't want to charge more than like 10 bucks for a show yeah. or else nobody's going to come. It's, it's a very fine, fine gray area on that one. And so I was like, I'm never going to lose money to these morons again. I, <laughs> I was like, I lost like thousands of dollars in the course of like a year and a half just booking shows and I'm good. Honestly, I'm at the point in my life where if I ever find myself flush with cash again, I'm... I'm going to save a very, very small amount of it. The rest of it, I'm just going to start giving money to people and things that I like. I'm done. I don't want... That is how you cast your vote. That is how you cast your vote. I'm a, I gotta... And plus, if if I ever start a band, I want to be able to get into places and know people. I don't want to just... I don't want to just be like that, that one guy who, like, invites all his friends and half of them show up and the rest give me, like, guilty texts the next morning... And the ones that did show up, I asked, like, well, what'd you think of the show? And they'll be like, you looked like you were having so much fun on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there were some points in there. There were some points. Dude, there were some Said points. Said some things up Dude. there. That's what I want to avoid. All right. And I want to participate. All right. The topic. Okay. We have to speed around both of these. Yeah, we got we got a good 14 minutes, you know. 14 so, minutes to... Okay. A brisk 14 minutes. So let's say about 10 minutes on this topic, okay? Okay. That's being... So here's... Liberal, isn't it? These are always the quickest hours of my life. They are. <laughs> dude. Literally, it clicks by, dude. Um, so, okay, my question is this. Does your music taste change over your lifetime, or is it mostly determined during your formative years, like your teens and early 20s? Well, speaking statistically... Um, Stop. I would have Stop. to say that uh, I think we're looking at a lot. I do think I know what the statistics. I say. do think that a lot of people I, end up right there what they're listening to high school and college. That yeah. is what they're going to end up listening whoa, to. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Here's here's what actually happens. The stats are just telling you what's happening. They're not telling you why it's happening. That's right. Black box. I'm gonna hit you with the why. Here's what's going on. Right now, I hate music. Oh, for I, real? I don't. I have ha- I am having so much trouble listening to music right now. The only two things that are remotely getting me by, well, I guess three things, are a little bit of Sunny Day Real Estate, a little bit of Metalcore Converge botch, mostly because of this album now, and the Drake song In My Feelings, which I don't even like that much. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I get into the car, and I think I should turn on some music, and it just feels like a chore. I feel like I feel like when other people next to me are talking about politics and electric cars for eight hours a day, not even pretending to work like that kid who switches off Reddit every time I walk by, <laughs> right? Not even pretending to work. I feel like I have to put headphones in and I have to turn on noise canceling mode and I can't listen to a podcast because I have to think a little bit. And so I have to listen to music and it just feels, it just feels like a chore. I don't want to listen to other people's music. I don't want to listen to my own music, but I have to, it's too ingrained in my life right now. And here's what I think. I think most people reach that level at some point and just don't come out of it. They get to the point where only a few things are getting them by anymore, usually from times where they were happier, right? And then that's all music ever is to them for the rest of their life. 
That's why everybody's parents listen to the same six songs over and over. I shouldn't say everybody. I mean, your your dad's an obvious non-example. Yeah, that I think like, I think you're right. But uh, but uh, I think at some point music becomes an obligation to you, and when something's an obligation, you don't want to do anything other than the I, bare minimum. I have something that I want to add to what you're saying because I actually 100 think you articulated that really well. I think that that is absolutely what happens, and it's. It's hard to not fall into that too. I can, I, I kind of get it at this point as well. But I think another facet. This doesn't go against what you're saying. It adds to it. I think <clears throat> music has the power to, like, if a if a, if an album's really well done, a song's really well done, or if you're with your people, whoever they are, and a song's on, it's it's deep emotional experiences are brought about by music. Oftentimes they're going to take you to places that you can distinctly remember, whether it's a concert or a time in a car or whatever, but like you're going to have these memories and, um, it does take work to let your, and it takes vulnerability to let yourself feel those things. And I think a lot of that does go callous pretty fast. Like you're talking about. And I think somebody who's continuing to let themselves feel that and experience that, is going to be a rare thing for reasons I think you're describing. I just think you get into the you get into the grind and then you just kind of stop it, because it is literally work, yeah, I, work I, and discomfort. But like it always is worth it. And that, but then after you have just a handful, it yeah, is hard to not just go let back. Me counter. Let me counter. I don't think for everybody it is always worth it. At some point, you get older. You have to start willingly closing yourself off to new experiences. I don't mean that in like a sad or negative way. I just mean at some point, maybe you're 35, you look at the world and you're like, yeah, I don't really think TikTok is a thing I should get into. Not because I hate it, not because I judge it or because I think it's the end of humanity, but just because I don't really have the emotional capital to spend on something like that now, right? I Yeah, I think there's some truth to what you're saying there that I would agree with. I It's hard. Emotional though. capital. It, that's, it's that's hard. Pretty, that's pretty true. Yeah, it's just, it's hard for me to, I don't know, I guess it's just so hard to speak because I'm not there yet, and it's a, and it's a slow journey getting there, but like, I would hope that I wouldn't let myself just start to believe that I have to just relive the past, though, because like, I don't know, like, I definitely, this, this, I definitely think that what happens Past music, I'm t- I'm speaking now above just music. I think that this is it's related, but it's like I think in life you have a lot of things that happen during those formative years, right? Like teens, early twenties, that type of stuff. That like does kind of set a precedent for a lot of where you're going in life. But like I don't know, I don't. I just think the concept of like letting your past control you, I hate it. But see, I don't think it's, I, well, I, I, I agree with you and I, I, I don't think it has to be that way, but I will say it, it, you hit a convert, like a, a point where you I said do the word, I do think that that is a temptation because, and it's not because you're making the choice to turn everything off It's because you're holding to the few things that are good to you at that point. Like uh, Logan was saying where it's just like these are the memories I have and I am going to just white knuckle them because they're my safe place and and you have to be willing to let go and try and find new safe places and new experiences and sometimes you don't have the emotional capital to do that or sometimes uh, like you just 
you're not even thinking about it anymore. I think that definitely happens. I, I, I was listening to uh, Hideo Kojima, Metal Gear Solid and everything. He has a podcast now on Spotify. Oh. Um, it's, yeah, uh, Jeff Keighley, of all people, got Hideo Kojima a podcast. And he had, like, Mamoru Oishi on there from Ghost in the Shell and yeah. everything. And it's honestly really, they had Jordan Peele on there to talk about Nope. And, like, Jeez. he has a music episode. Now, Hideo Kojima is like a freak about music, and he's 60. And he was talking about how in like the 70s and 80s, he would go to like Tower Records and listen to like sampler tracks. And he's like, they don't do that anymore. And he's like, it's immediately that much harder. And I think that also speaks to something that like we get kind of pigeonholed, I guess would be the word, but stuck in like these places of comfort that we have. There's a reason why, though, is an algorithm could be just as guilty as anything else that it just pushes what we listen to more of that onto us. And I, I, he was kind of talking about that. He's like, there's so many people in their fifties and sixties that just don't care anymore. Like they'd rather just listen to whatever they knew in the seventies and eighties. And he's like, I'm still finding new stuff all the time. And he's like, fortunately, I don't know they, we don't have tower records in the U S anymore, but they still do over there. You can sample CDs before you listen to them. So he was like, yeah, I go in there and I'll listen to like 10 new albums a week and then buy like one or two kind of go from wow. there and i was like fye used to do the sampler thing mm-hmm. yep. record store i'm telling you physical media just like ah and that is where this show a space because nobody can afford rent around here oh well yeah we we've subscribed to too many conveniences and and we're we're getting strangled by them you will own nothing and you will be because i do think i do think that, that is a real real hard thing like i i think i think i always go back to the whole blockbuster thing I mean, I literally almost did a master's thesis on this whole concept where I just think, like, and it's where the show kind of did start conversationally, where it's just like the distribution platforms is a serious problem because if you had to go to like FYE or you had to go to a local store, first of all, you're supporting local music lovers. You're meeting other local music lovers. That's already awesome. But beyond that, uh, usually awesome. you're going to be sometimes, more. Sometimes they're freaking scrub. You're going to put. <laughs> yeah, but then you can fight them and that's fun. But you could you put your real money down on the table to get a real album. They are scrubs. That you had you had to believe in enough to put your money down for. Like that already is just like such a higher level of commitment. Yeah, it's like an active participant yeah. thing. Whereas like on Spotify, if I don't like something, all right, on to the next track. Who cares? Like I don't lose anything really because yeah. I'm going to pay that ten dollar flat rate every month. Yep. Yeah. But the best part about music streaming services is your ability to hide your music taste from other people. <laughs> Me when I'm you listening to Gregorian to chant for like nine hours in a row. Other people I, don't have to know. I was about literally it. just thinking like three or four days ago, I was like, man, I'm sad Logan's not on Spotify anymore. <laughs> I, I, I was legit thinking. <laughs> no, that. I thought it this a few week. days ago too because I have everybody up on my thing. And yeah, I was like, I was like man, there. Logan got too self conscious. <laughs> he did listen to Nickelback. Y'all can't out me for <laughs> listening to Nickelback like three times a week. Dude, we I, I never outed you for the record. He did the take a picture, send it thing. Okay, but look, I never hey, did it. Let's be 100%. All Never. I did was take a picture and send oh, it. Oh, that was plenty. That's all you had to do. And honestly, I never did that. And it, that upsets me, man. I, I miss the I miss you too. I'm sorry if that legitimately affected you to that point. Like, hey, look, real talk. It would have affected me real to change eight. my privacy settings. That, what drove me off Spotify was just, I don't... Like, Apple Music... Okay, so I, I talked a while ago about like how I don't feel like Spotify really encourages like this library approach anymore. Apple Music still does. I still, like, I pull up my music app now, and the first thing I see are my saved albums and playlists. And it's great. So, 
I promise you, it would have only affected my choice of privacy settings. I really did move to a platform that better represents my needs as a as a consumer. Yeah, I I'm mean, literally on the edge of buying an MP3 player again. Dude, that's <laughs> like we have to. They go are back. so expensive, though. Like the good ones, because yeah. iPods aren't in production anymore, and they yeah. don't connect to my AirPods. Well, so like oh. I was looking at a Sony Walkman, right? And like the cheapest ones, like eight hundred bucks. But unfortunately, all of them that aren't like the top of the line one. You only have so much memory, but that top of the line one, which is like $3,000, you can put flash memory into it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, that could easily be expanded to like three terabytes. And so I was like, I'm going to find $3,000. Well, and that's what, so like, (laughs) that's another reason that I moved to Apple music is Spotify, like kind of has local files, Sort of. Yeah, it's not that good. But they're obscure. It, it's not Apple that good, Music. Yeah. I dragged MP3s onto the app on my computer, and now it's on all of my devices. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is what this is exactly what I was looking. No, for. I hear you on that one. I I just I do cling to the social aspect. The only the only thing, the only thing really that holds mm-hmm. me back from jumping over to Apple Music is just the fact that like. There is the social component. I, I know, know if I go to Apple, I know. I know if I go to Apple Music, zero. Well, social. dude, it is just me. Full level, and I still pay for both. I can't afford bread right now, and I'm still somehow paying for both <laughs> because I do. When people do send me playlists or want to collaborate, yeah, with me on exactly. Playlists, that's a big deal. Yeah, but just for my own personal music listening habits, dude. Why yeah, can't I, I get Apple it. just get a freaking collaboration I, feature? Honestly, I feel you the don't exact even have to same give, way, show no. me other people's streaming data. I like that, but like. Yeah, be, make be, collaborative playlists. Collaborative like, playlists. Why not? It's so crazy. And then I need I, to be able to have it at my desk at work, which is also not true at the moment. Yeah, yeah the Apple Music desktop experience is uh, a whole lot of garbage in this mf'er. And in this <laughs> mf'er, and that is a problem because I do do a lot of desktop Spotify, a lot. What can uh, you do? Nothing's speed perfect. Around. Nothing's perfect. Speed around. I think we're just at song title. Song well, title if Jake moment. goes first, then we're good. Pretty much song title moment. All right, I'll go first. Wait, no, you go first. I do have to go first. Uh, my song title is uh, from the album Empty Days and Sleepless Nights by Defeater from 2011. Great wow, that's, that's not that recent for their newest album. Uh, the song is Waves Crash, Clouds Roll, excellent cathartic guitar riffs in that. That, nice. that tour they did for that record was great. Anyway. You know what? We have we have a few extra minutes. If you have anything else. Yeah, you can, uh, ta- okay, you can take right. like, you know, a minute. If I can I'm talk about anything, I will say that like, Frequently, it's really easy for me to get lost in the sauce on metalcore and hardcore records where it just feels like it's angry all the time. And I think Defeater brings a certain sense of melancholy and um, not just hatred, but like like victory to a lot of their songs. This album is ostensibly, I think, about a main character's parent dying, uh, which hits a little close to home right now. But like, if you hear a guitar progression that isn't just like screaming and distorted but in between those screaming and discord chord progressions you hear one that has like a very clear emotional through line that just makes your heart beat again um i don't know i think defeater something special and i i can't really get into the concept of their albums because nothing i've heard about it really sounds like anything i care about um but i think they are really holding up the melodic slash emotional hardcore and pretty well these days that sounds like they were in 2011 that sounds very appealing to me and i will their album travels and um 
Oh, what the heck is the name of the EP? Hold on. Yeah, from from Travels, also the songs um, Profit in Plain Clothes and Carrying Weight. So the EP is the character from Profit in Plain Clothes, and I just I can't think of the yeah, name. It's like half the song is a folk song. Like I don't know. It's fun. No, I for sure will listen to that. Lost Ground. Legitimately yeah. one of the best EPs ever written. It's like five songs. They're all perfect. I'll definitely listen. All right, my bop is um, one of Crywolf's singles he's dropped off the new album. Uh, it's DNA, and then the parenthetical is uh, the most fun a boy can have without ripping his skin off. <laughs> mm, good nice. panic reference. And um, uh, honestly, like this, this album is part two of widow which is one of my favorite albums of the last couple years and like i am like beyond excited right now highest anticipated album without question um i just have so- now that eden's dropped now that eden's dropped <laughs> <laughs> but um which We're is also fen- phenomenal but um I just have so much faith in Crywolf. He is such a good songwriter and he just like pretty much never misses. Yeah, like no. there is not a single release of his that I do not love. Bro, we and gotta get that master class. I, I we know. Gotta I get he, did freaking, he did a master class. Yeah, he, he really is great. Hold up. Once I, once I get a bag again, I will split you for the cost and we can share a Let's login go. if you want. Okay. Let's all right. go. I would love it. And furthermore, um, just, I, I just like, he also is another artist that has been very influential on me visually. It's like visually and sonically, this guy is just like a big inspiration of mine. And like, he always releases these little like making of documentaries and he, man, it's just awesome. And with this new album, he's been putting out these little mini documentaries about the process and it's Mm. just so good. And so anyways, I've definitely been listening to these new tracks. He's dropped three singles and he's done dropping singles, and the date is November 11th, and I cannot wait. Yeah, so. that's going to nice. be good. That really is going to be good. Yep. Um, my bop is, I think I got to give it to, uh, <clears throat> and I, you know, you know how it is. You, know, I, you I, look I, so guilty when announcing your bops these days. <laughs> well, you know, the truth The truth is, like, and I, I'm fine, but, like, I, I'm the most basic listener here. But, well, we love and support you. But at the same you time... you need to know that. At the same time, I feel like I listen to plenty and appreciate it at a, honestly, very real level. But, like, at the end of the day, I just listen to... Just don't say Sheryl Crow. Sheryl uh, Crow and, you know... Gang, my gang. bop of the week is... Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I love... Uh, Cage the Elephant. They they re, they'll resurface, and when they do, I'm just like, honestly, those guys, some of the best songwriters. I'm sorry, they really are. They're some of the best songwriters ever. Like when they write a good song, I am all in on Cage the Elephant. And um, anyway, I've gone back and listened to their full discography just to see if I listened to a live album of theirs, and there was a few tracks in there. I was like, oh yeah, I've missed a few of these choruses, and so I went back and I've listened to the full discography. Anyway, from their new album, Skin and Bone, the way that the chorus comes in, it actually comes in on an offbeat, and I'm just like, I respect how they did that build-up. Because it's like, Cage the Elephant has all of the following of some pretty like substantial artists at the moment. Or, not really currently, but like what I'm trying to say is, there's a lot of listeners for Cage the Elephant, but I feel like they have never felt manufactured to me they've always like their newest album he was going through a divorce and he wrote it all about like 
serial killers and like the 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 music video was literally like he created his own cult ritual and like it's very bloody and like pretty grotesque and you're like this is not what somebody who's in the spotlight gets away with so like for trippy red they they've never (laughs) they've never well i mean okay so now with the zoomer culture like things have changed a little bit that way but like these guys these guys are very safely a millennial band and like um i don't know i feel like that they're they just have never felt manufactured. It's good to, me. to know that Cage the Elephant isn't afraid to still scare our parents. Yes. So they they write good music, and I, I would be excited if they're gonna. There's no talk at all, but like he was married to the same person for like I think 18 years, and Dang. or maybe it was 12, 15, maybe. You know what they say: but the no, no, longer no. the marriage, he, the better the divorce. He, album. he divorced. Well, <laughs> he divorced, and then oh, dude, that's what he's tacitly saying. You know, Bex is gonna be good. Bex is gonna be good. But anyway. uh no, Cage the Elephant, singer, divorced, did this album. It was okay. But, like, in the time of COVID, he got married and divorced again. So oh, I don't know dang. what Cage the Elephant's going to be like on the other side of this. I'm really curious. Yeah. But anyway, there's some good music in there. And also, shout out to the new Arctic Monkeys album. It's really good. Very good. It really is. When when Cody posted that tweet by Hideo Kojima, was it by him or was yeah, it by him? No, that's him. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow, I've never heard him have an opinion on music before, but I instantly respect it. Oh, Hideo Kojima is like insanely musically talented or not talented, but like his knowledge of it is very vast. Mm-hmm. And I, I would seriously suggest his podcast It's called Brain Structure. Um, he has the music episode. He's only got like five episodes so far. It just started recently, but he only like the whole music episode is about Vangelis, the guy who did the Blade Runner soundtrack and everything. Yeah. And he talks about like, yes. And prog rock of the seventies. And like, he's a movie head first and foremost, but he also has an insane knowledge of music. Like he's friends with the guys from like, bring me the horizon. And like, that's what I'm saying about him. Like he knows everybody. Hideo Kojima just knows everybody. And so that's part of the reason. Maybe that's really how you get beloved. Just know everybody. Just know everybody. And then he's friends with Jeff Keighley, who also knows everybody in like oh, the video game industry. So yeah, it's nuts. But um, did the Arctic Monkeys album come out on Friday? Yeah. So I've been too busy listening to a it, different album it, that came out on Friday. It, it's so good, though. I'm serious. No, I, will, I, I will plug that again. I am behind the the last two Arctic Monkeys albums. Those guys are killing it. I, I'll, I'll give it a spin. I just, it's extremely good. The new Aventasia record came out on Friday, A Paranormal <laughs> Evening with the Moonflower Society. And it's so good. So good. Um, but there's a song on there called Rhyme and Reason. And it's the, obviously, Tobias Sam, it's you know, the main guy. It's his band. But um, it's Eric Martin from Mr. Big oh, on nice. there. And really he, we, met him. He's, we met him. Him singing metal is like a match made in heaven. I don't think he had any idea how good it was going to work. Um, but that song is so good. And it's back to back with a song with Jeff Tate from Queensryche yeah. on it. And that guy can sing again. I'm like, Tobias Samick got Jeff Tate to be able to hit high notes again, which is crazy because his voice was blown there for a while. But Tobias Samick's got Somebody him back in the band. just kicked him one, once more. Did you just got to get kicked. I'm telling you, but I, I know that like, symphonic and like power metal gets like a bad ride it's nerdy i get it but like that band is so talented and like everybody that's involved in it and, like tobias sam it's just such a genius songwriter because he does everything yeah, he puts it all together and then has yeah, everybody it's, it's very much arion round two because like arjun lucas and love the boy but he fell off man he lost yeah it. he wrote he had that album a couple he years was ago was so good so when bad. he started but no bye jake cheers no, I, I love all of Arion's stuff up through um, The Source, that one he did like five yeah, years ago. That yeah. record rules. But then the record he did after that, 
He's he's falling off. It's not he's very good. Off. Has D. Snyder from Twisted Sister, which was pretty cool. No, but sit, what, also, by this, this is what the world looks like. I mean, yeah, I don't even know. I just, I see. I Why see do Logan. I feel such like a burning hatred for that seat? That's weird. It's, it's yeah, new Avantage record, very good. Oh, it's no. going to be top five. I'll for me. have to like. I'll listen to the Eric Martin song. That's that's a promise. No, really, definitely do. There's some very cool guitar work on it. That's Nubuck Radio. That's it. That's I, think all. I think that's Nubuck Radio. Oh, man. It's still been too long since we've talked about Streetlight Manifesto. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week. See you next week.